You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. This is Randy. In the future, advanced technology will allow comic creators to tweet right onto the pages of their comic books. This is Jesse. In the future, I won't even need Facebook to remind me of people's birthdays. All I'll have to do is enable it in my settings, and Facebook will say happy birthday for me. Is that actually an option? I'm surprised they don't have that. No, not yet. <laughs> I'm kind of saying, like, re- really, at this point, because they even like well, they give you the notification that so and so's birthday, and then they're like, "Hey, it, like right at the beginning of your news feed, they're like, why don't you say a little something to your birthday friend?" <laughs> and sometimes I have to go. I'm not sure they're really my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like I've already said happy birthday to. But then there's the uh, then there's the people where it's like that'll inevitably be the day that I'm not on Facebook, mm. and we're like, oh god, now what? Like, now do I just like do the awkward belated, or just like pretend I didn't see it? <laughs> what do I do? For the most part, I've started ignoring most people's birthdays on there because, <laughs> well, okay, and we're recording this like. The day after yesterday was my birthday, and so I got a lot of the the happy birthdays and some like you can kind of tell the ones that are like that know you and the ones that are just like okay I need to fire this off real quick because they got a notification and yeah. Facebook's like you you got to be a human being y- yeah exactly <laughs> and and you know I appreciate I appreciate all of them like even the people that like I haven't really talked to in ten plus years but I've kind of like stop doing that for the most part unless it's you know somebody specific and in which case i i started just like i'll send people a message if i get the birthday notification and i like really want to tell them happy birthday that feels that feels more genuine to me than just like writing happy birthday on their profile so i'm a little more i'm a little more devious even than that but i i totally see where you're going with that i'll i'll be like i I can't i can't let it be obvious that uh facebook reminded me Uh so i'm gonna send them a text Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. if I if I use Messenger, then it's like, oh, he still saw it on, on Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, no, Jesse's just that good. <laughs> <laughs> he remembers things like this. Hmm. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He's getting old. I don't. I was never good about people's birthdays. I'm, Mm-mm. but I'm. I don't know. I guess in a way, I'm kind of a jerk like that. <laughs> I just don't remember uh, dates. I, Ironically, though, like I almost uh, I almost sent you a birthday message like too early because I actually have certain people like programmed into my calendar. And so like you're on like three different calendars for whatever reason. I think Google like sets up some automatic birthdays. Oh, too. Okay. <laughs> so it's like three different notifications. That was your birthday. But I have most of my notifications come out a day early. Oh, so I had sure. to like stop myself and go, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is it really? Did Facebook say it's true? <laughs> <laughs> And not being sponsored by uh, by Sp- Facebook is the Grolix podcast, which you're not <laughs> listening to. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> what episode are we? 
Oh yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> well, I was still like we were just talking, so I was waiting for you to do your future prediction. But it's like, no, your future prediction is why we were talking. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the yep. Grolics Podcast. This is episode number thirty-eight. Oh. Woo. Make America eight again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, uh, today we're going to be talking about Angela, uh, mm-hmm. Queen of Hell. Welcome to Thunder World, and th- and that's Hell with one L, one L. No, yeah, not to be confused with and if, Hell. And if we're talking about Heaven, it's with no A's. Is right? it really? Oh, you're I right. So. You're right. No A's. That's right. Yeah, because kind of like kind of like Asgard. It's a place they even <laughs> they even reference hell spelt with two l's as being like a different thing they were kind of derisive about it they're like bull those guys <laughs> yeah it's really weird <laughs> what else are we going to talk about we got a little in-house type news stuff all right and something else that'll come to me later whoa whoa or not whoa <laughs> okay awesome <laughs> 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 oh, and it's just me and Jesse. Melanie is out this episode because she didn't want to read Angela. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what to say. I think I think uh, it would have been fun to have her on this. Yeah, yeah. No, she didn't get a chance to read it. Yeah, it would have been interesting to get her her input on it because I think you're right. It does kind of it. It's an interesting um, follow up read after having read. Thor goddess of thunder was that the last month beginning of last month I think it was two months ago two months ago, months ago. <laughs> our, our new schedules I've already off. forgotten what what our last polis pick was but I think uh goddess of thunder was I don't know I think we read it two months ago at least so but it, yeah our, our recording schedule has gotten strange so yeah but yeah this was an interesting follow-up read to that because it touches on we even get a little appearance um from Thor that is uh, oh yeah, yeah, you're right. But before we get to that, all the things, all the things. Uh, so there's this show, this podcast. What? Where? It's it's on the internet. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I like those. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> In fact, one of the ones I like the best is called Ooh. is called Grindbin, and uh, they talk about grindhouse movies and b-grade exploitation movies and just uh you know good stuff interesting flicks Mm -hmm. and actually i was on one of their episodes recently what yeah (laughs) Yeah. what'd you you guys talk about what'd you talk about movie what could you possibly talk about well we talked about a movie we talked about no okay so i was on i was we're on the, we're, we're super melodramatic this uh this month for some reason yeah what's well, because it's hell it's hell month that's why uh, that's that's why hell and, month and, the, and straight from the hell mouths reality is a little melodramatic too so uh that's true a little over the top lately yeah a way over the top that's a good way to put it listen reality tone it tone it back a little bit come on yeah, listen. If you're if you're going to reference a uh, Sly Stallone movie, not that one. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pro- that's like an appropriate segue back to the uh, to the topic at hand. Um, yes. Oh yeah. So I was a guest on Grindbin, which is super exciting. Um, it's a show I've been listening to for quite a while, uh, hosted by 
Chris and Mike, these two great guys, I believe they're on the West Coast. That doesn't really matter. But uh, I think yeah, they I think they referenced that they were telling stories in in the episode you're on. I've been acting like I didn't hear the episode, but I totally listened to it. It's a great episode. Yeah, we talked about um, Terror Vision, which is this just super camp eighties. Uh, it's kind of a comedy horror movie. It's a monster movie, really, and uh, it's one that I had enjoyed uh, when I was younger. And so, like, I threw it over to them. I was like, you guys should do this sometime. And they're like, we're totally going to. Do you want to be on the episode when we do? And I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it It's a man, like, not knowing what the movie is. Like, I just listened to the episode with zero context at all. And it's, it is an entertaining episode because I'm like, what kind of movie is this? It kind of, like, it really fires up the imagination. And I'm like... I sort of totally want to see this movie and don't ever want to watch this movie at the same time. And I can't decide which is true that, you know, that's part of, uh, like I had found grind bin. Their premise struck me as interesting. Cause I like B grade movies and stuff like that. I kind of like camp movies right. and I like hearing people kind of dissect them, tear them apart a bit. And then I, I told, I told the guys this, I was like, when I started listening to their shows, their show, I thought I knew B grade movies. I didn't I, like, I don't know B grade movies. Cause I have not heard of most of the movies they talk about. Like there's just like a whole world of, uh, it's a lot of like drive-in, uh, movies that were just churned out that I'd never heard of. And mm -hmm. like you were just saying, I think that's part of what I enjoy about their show so much is it's fun hearing them go through the movie and describe it. They kind of break it down plot point by plot point but have like a good time doing it. They kind of tear the movies apart a bit. Um, if it's bad, the, the, they, they talk about how angry it made them, you know, or if it's good. <laughs> yeah. And that's part of what's so fun about it. And there's been a couple of movies where I, I've listened to them talk about it. And it's the same type of thing as you were saying. It's like, this movie sounds both amazing and horrible and I want to see it, but I also kind of don't want to see it. And there's been a couple of movies I lo I looked up and started watching and I was like, you know what? I like their version better. <laughs> right, right. Well, I think uh, they shouted us out on an episode, I don't know, maybe a month or two ago. And so I listened I listened for that shout out. And they are. They're so fun to listen to that I just listened to the whole episode. And I was like, it was, again, a thing where I was like, I'm not going to ever watch that movie. But I, I, I kind of want to now. Oh, and that's the thing. Like, they're they are fun to listen to. They have such a, I mean, they've been, uh, it's one of those things where it's the two guys that have been friends since they've been like, since they were like 10 years old. So even if they get sidetracked, um, they're just fun to listen to. And I yeah. found it wasn't as bad as my hoople cast appearance, um, which again, shout <laughs> out to hoople cast, check them out. They're talking like random mm -hmm. HBO shows now, since they've gone through Deadwood. That's cool. But so my appearance here wasn't as bad but I did find myself like I didn't really I still didn't talk all that much. I found myself a couple times like I think I'm just listening to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're listening a, live. Yeah, it, it's exactly exactly right. So I had to be I had to try to be conscious of uh, of that. But I also like they they just roll, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, like there wasn't a whole lot of like empty spaces, I don't think, unless they edit all that out. But it was like, man, there's no. There's no empty spaces. Well, and I mean, I like, there's definitely parts where I could have broke in, but it's, it's, they do just roll and they have like, 
it's what they do. Like they're so good at it. Right. Like there's a couple times where I was like, I could say something here, but like, it's not going to really add to the conversation. Like they're like, they're, they're very entertaining to listen to. And I was like, but they just I'm not going like to interrupt. Their, yeah. I'm not going to interrupt their flow. Uh, because I want to be like, did you notice how the old guy didn't climb down the ladder? Probably because he's old, you know, just like, <laughs> that, yeah, yeah, that was like, yeah, that was one thing specific. Like the, occasionally I had to have something on my mind and I'd be like, it's not necessary. These guys are going to be funnier. I'm just going to hold that well, to back to, to and that's myself. the thing is like, they, they rewrite the movie. Like you said, they kind of rewrite the movie and it's like, oh my God, yeah, your version is better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's all like. It's all the movie, but I think when you listen to their show and they talk about a movie you haven't seen, it does paint a different picture than what you're actually going to get watching the movie. Mm -hmm. And yeah. oftentimes, especially with a lot of the movies they talk about, it's a better, more entertaining movie. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. It's kind of it's kind of like uh Super Troopers, like the way that people quote Super Troopers makes you think that Super Troopers is just like a brilliant movie. And it's not bad. But it's not nearly as good as the people who love it uh, make it. Yeah, I am not. People love. I was gonna say, I'm not like, a people super love that fan. movie, and I, I I see the quote appeal, but that's it. Like it has quote appeal. Like I don't think it's a good movie. No, <laughs> I think it's a terrible movie, and people, yeah, people do love it. Um, they love it. They love to quote it. I don't know. We probably might get a little hate for that, but that's okay. We'll take their hate. So grind bin, check them out at grindhousefilm.com, which. What a great get that URL is ground grindhouse film. Yeah. The SEO on that alone. Hello. Yeah. Um, episode 43 terror vision. That's the one I'm on. You should check it out. I talk a little bit throughout, throughout it, but uh, just in general, it's a great, it's a great show. You should, you should definitely take a listen to that. It, it, it's not clean. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, for our Grolix listeners. Um, yeah, it's not clean and Careful. they're not, they're not offensive, but like the humor it can, the humor uh, and a there lot could of, be there could be some things that you might find offensive, you know, like when they start talking about the uh, hot tub and <laughs> there's there's some choice stuff. It's not I, I wouldn't say it was offensive. I, I didn't feel offended. In fact, I laughed and laughed. But oh, yeah. Well, like, yeah. And, and especially they talk about it quite a bit in this movie because they had two movies from 1986. And apparently there was a reoccurring theme uh, that mm. you would not see in modern movies that they, they comment on. So there's, there are things that come up as a result of the movies, but also like they like to laugh at, at, at some edgy things sometimes. So, you know, I was all for it, but uh, if you like Grolix because we're a clean show, <laughs> I don't know yeah, if people yeah. uh, seek us out for that. Um, just beware strong language and stuff like that. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, you know, like adult content, our most recent episode was also uh, featuring some guests. And uh, I think we talked about it on the last uh, last uh, Grolix proper, but uh, we have a Bites episode that just went up not too long ago. Yeah. Yeah. And that was and that was fantastic, too. Uh, we had Dustin Smothers of Pro Wrestling Iowa and Pro Wrestling Mothership. Um, go to ProWrestlingIowa.net. He, he hosts... Um, I don't even know anymore. All, all the all the things, all, all the, the things, all the wrestling shows, like, a, <laughs> like an R-rated wrestling show coming up, and yeah, he's he's bringing on new people and putting out new content. It's exciting. But he was on a uh, Grolix Bites number nine. If you haven't checked that out, I mean, it's on the same feed as all our regular episodes. But if you haven't checked that out, give it a listen. Uh, me and him pretty much spent 
think it, the edited episode was a little shorter, but we ended up pretty much spending an hour and a half gushing about uh, HBO's Westworld. Yeah, yeah. And there are spoilers. If you haven't checked it out, definitely watch the show before you listen to that. Um, oh, yeah. Like you guys' favorite uh, character right off the bat. It was like, yeah, I'm glad I didn't listen. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope that I watched the show first. I hope we got the spoiler warning out before we actually d- dove yeah, into it. I, yeah, I, I think I so. I think we did. Yeah, there's spoilers right off the bat. And and we kind of jump all over the place. So, you know, it's like there's spoilers for the end of the season, probably towards the beginning of the podcast episode. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was great. I, I like talking to him. And anytime I've had any kind of extended conversation podcast wise, uh, there are other people, and it usually goes towards wrestling. So for me personally, um, since I don't follow wrestling, it was nice to be able to like talk to him about uh, like something else that we both enjoy. Yeah, yeah. He's. A- I don't think wrestling really even entered the conversation until you basically threw out the 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 links and and what you know like what he does kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. So. No. So you don't have to like wrestling at all to enjoy the Westworld talk. Nope, we did not talk about wrestling. And I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> he was also recently on a the Technology Geek episode, speaking of talking about wrestling, uh, with Brandon. As, uh, as we record, Royal Rumble is this evening. So uh, in the future, you'll know how it turned out. Yep. Yeah, that, that's 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 our hard out. Our hard out. We got to get Jesse out of here. I guess <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't gotta, need to tell you. I, I got to know. I got to know. <laughs> what's, what's Goldberg going to do? I don't know. But I would definitely like to have i mean i'm gonna have dustin back on the show sometime we've got to talk some luke cage or something oh yeah yeah oh speaking of i come across this article today this is probably old news already and it'll be old news by the time this episode goes out but um talking about uh iron fist the netflix series Mm -hmm. the marvel netflix series march 17th so we still got a while but Mm -hmm. The RZA directed an episode of Iron Fist. I randomly come what? across this article. That, well, that makes sense, actually. You think about it. Because he's he's done movies. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, he he, he directed a movie in which he starred called, um, uh, what was it? Legend of oh, the yeah. Iron Fist or something. And it's Something not, like that. Yeah, something yeah. to that effect. It's not the same character, obviously, but it's, uh, you know, he's big into that, that kind of thing. And apparently uh, RZA and other, like, early 90s hip-hop will, music will kind of have an influence on this series so i'm super excited about that well rizza's uh wu-tang too isn't he yeah yeah so i mean like they they already have this very kung fu you know vibe to them oh yeah they're um, all they're all about it and i'm all about about it <laughs> but <laughs> no i was i was actually looking up information on the uh mcfarland the uh, neil gaiman uh mcfarland lawsuit thing you mean the one that that connects to our pull list pick yes <laughs> and that's how I found that uh, RZA information. But yeah, I was doing oh, a little doing a little research on our uh, poll list pick. Are, are we ready to segue? I I think so. Are you? Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm, oh, I'm ready as well. Uh, so what's our poll list pick for next time? All right, I'm pulling oh, it up. You, if you don't have it, <laughs> no, do you um, already have it? No, you. It it I, feels I like tradition that you do it. Tradition. So you should definitely right. do it. That's it's your thing. All right, so, oh, hey, this is new. All right, so our poll list pick, which we'll be talking about next month, not next episode, but next month, mm-hmm. will be The Tick. Ooh, man, that's been on there for a while. That's been on there for a while, and uh, 
it must have taken the top spot today because last I checked, we had a tie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I noticed. The tick, and we'll have to figure out that as well because uh, that's another one that's basically just a character. I mean, I suppose we can go volume one, but there's there's a lot of tick we could look at. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. in that case, we'll figure out what tick to read. It's kind of like if somebody just puts Batman or Angela on the list. Yeah, yeah. which we'll get into that, yeah. In which case, oh yeah, definitely. In which case, it'll be either what you like. Like when we had the Judge Dredd, we we kind of found a combination. Like this is some time ago, but somebody put Judge Dredd on there, 2000 AD, but that's still like decades of judge dread to look look at so we kind of handpicked select short judge dread stories um it's combination of what we can find and what we you know yeah know, what what is the best to read kind of thing yeah exactly a lot of times i'll kind of search the internet it's like or like usagi ujimbo and stuff like that it's like good starting place or you know like the essential this and if we can find that that's what go we'll go with so we'll be reading something something the tick but uh, not sure exactly what yet. We'll, we'll tick that one, tick that box when we come to it. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, with the camp meters way up on this episode. <laughs> camp, camp level orange. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> All right, but this episode, we're talking about Angela. We are. What What is Angela? Like, it, it showed up on our poll list as Angela parentheses spawn. Yeah, in which case, we both kind of, I mean, we kind of did honor that specific request, but also kind of had to... Audible on the play. Yeah. Yeah. Because we couldn't find the original miniseries. No, which I would have um, really liked to do because it was written by Neil Gaiman and um, drawn by Greg Capullo. So I would have yeah. loved to read it, but yeah, we couldn't get our hands on that. What we, I'm not sure how to approach this. What we did do is we we found the first appearance of Angela, which is kind of a nice little starting point because it's kind of a one and done. Mm-hmm. Angela shows up, does battle, and then it's all contained in one issue. And then... Uh, we get into some of the, the, you know, I don't know, the meta stuff, the history of Spawn, and we, we took on a, another book for our main review. Actually, it's kind of interesting. I, I, I mean, I don't think we planned it this way, other than kind of trying to search out the first appearance. But yeah, we read, so what we read today, read for today was Spawn number nine, single issue. It's the first appearance of Angelo, what Jesse was just talking about. And, and, and that's from 1993. And then we've also read the most recent trade paperback released. Mm-hmm. And that's a Marvel Comics book because she was in the Image Universe. She's now in Marvel, and we'll talk about that a little bit. We read um, Angela, Queen of Hell, Welcome to Thunderworld, which is um, not, not necessarily the, her last appearance, but her most recent book that's been published. And uh, the thing that we'll run into that's kind of interesting is that it's not like it's the last of the most recent stories kind of thing. Like I get the impression that even though it's kind of a contained story arc, uh, it's really pulling from maybe at least one other trade, if not two other trades. Well, yeah, I mean, and we'll get into its meta-ness. It's very meta, but the oh, trade, yeah. the trade we, we read, um, covers 
Angela, Queen of Hell, issues one through seven, which is the total run of Angela, Queen, Queen of Hell. Mm-hmm. But it was mentioned in the comic itself several times that they got 17 issues. So I think that's also including the series before it, which was Angela Asgardian Assassin or Asgard's Assassin yes, or something. Some, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it, Marvel likes to do Marvel likes to renumber. So it's just <laughs> that's what they do. Yep. That's what they do. Number seven. Well, that's too high. Start over. <laughs> <laughs> seven. Whoa. Tear it down. Put it in a parking lot. So I here's a little bit of information. Now, like I said, uh, Angela's kind of a tricky, tricky. I'm, I'm struggling a little with this because Angela's like, and I knew nothing about any of this before it was added to the pull list, but it's kind of a tricky character to deal with because she has a history. Mm hmm. So Angela first debuted in Spawn number nine, which was, was that just straight up written by Neil Gaiman or was it like co-written? I think it was written by Neil Gaiman. I think so. Yeah. With art by Todd McFarlane. Um, Yes. And that was back in 1992. Since then, I guess for years, this has, this had been ongoing up to about 2012 or 2013. Um, There was kind of a legal dispute between McFarlane and Gaiman over rights to the character, not only her character, but also medieval spawn. And then there was some type of a confusion uh. with miracle man mixed in there because McFarlane, like in exchange for rights to like the character rights to Angela, he promised some type of rights to Gaiman involving miracle man, which was a mistake because he didn't properly have the rights. It's a whole mess. Hmm. And so I kind of had trouble finding out details <laughs> but in january of 2012 it seems they came to a like a quiet agreement in which the pair would do a 50 50 split on spawn issues 9 and 26 and those three spinoff issues we mentioned that we couldn't get a hold of for the for the the profits of those the sales of those but also gaiman got complete rights to angela in which he then sold them to Marvel, which is an interesting decision. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, like salt in the wound, really. Yeah, yeah. And I did find an article about McFarlane's reaction to that. And uh, the I'm sure I'm sure be, with behind closed doors, he he's probably a little sore about it. But publicly, he said, Neil Gaiman and I had uh, had a resolution in our legal dispute. And as part of that, he ended up with the rights to uh, the rights of Angela and whatever Neil chooses to do with something that he owns is at his complete and utter discretion. And he further went on to say the health of the industry is based upon having good stories and good characters in a wide customer base. If bringing some of these characters back to the fold in a meaningful, meaningful way that adds to that, then it just strengthens our industry. So publicly he was very amicable about the whole thing, which is good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's the classy thing to do. And I'm sure behind, you know, and maybe at this point he doesn't care about the character. I know issue nine apparently is not reprinted in a lot of the collections because of that, because of uh, their long-standing legal issues. That's interesting. As a completionist, that would be frustrating. Yeah, but I wonder because I just uh, plunked down some cash for that Spawn um, Humble Bundle. Well, it's not Spawn Humble Bundle, but Image Comics Humble Bundle that had that in there. So now I'm curious, is Spawn number nine in there? Because it's supposed to be that the origins. Yeah. And that's okay. So we, yeah, that was one thing I didn't, 
like that's spawn number nine that's super early and like spawn doesn't even seem to know what he's doing at that point when there's some interesting stuff that happens in this issue where he's playing with his powers a little bit like the there's a like he's hanging out with the homeless guys and one of the homeless guys is like hey why don't you try to do this (laughs) <laughs> kind of egging him on you're like here use your powers use your powers and make me some strawberry wine yeah and it worked i i have, yeah i have not read enough spawn i was like wait he actually did that works yeah I, I i didn't remember that he was able to do stuff like that like just materialize things out of thin air <laughs> i suppose it makes sense you know like just oh i got a sword now i'm spawn i'm artsy and uh so when she was <laughs> When she was brought into the Marvel, yeah, it's so strange. She was in, in, she's like an angel or something, or she was basically a a hunter, a spawn, a a hill spawn hunter. Yeah. Like character design wise, it's interesting to see her in Marvel because in the spawn version, she's got like those hell spawn medallions. Like she wears one as an earring, super nineties. And then she's just got hanging, hanging down off of her belt, you know, like, she could work for uh, she could work for one of those Applebee's or whatever where they wear all the flare office space style. <laughs> you don't have enough flare there, Angela. Actually, you don't have enough clothing. You have plenty of flare. Yeah, which became a whole like you know uh, you know the morality squad that became a whole thing when Angela had her own action figure. Oh, really? Yeah, she's too scantily clad to be a toy. I mean, there's there's well, very can- little on her. Of clothing yeah. in in that spawn issue, yeah, and that's kind of I don't know. I mean, like she's got a backstory, but we don't really get to see much of it in that first issue. No. Do you think? No, no, not at all. So there's like these passages which are kind of like the Hell Spawn Hunters Handbook excerpts, really. Yeah, it references these other chapters and pages and stuff like that, which are you know not actual Spawn comic chapters or pages. But yeah, you don't really get a whole lot of her backstory. Now, I'm assuming you read this before you read the Marvel stuff. Yes, I actually read the Marvel stuff and then jumped back and read jump back. Oh, how how jarring was that? Because it was pretty jarring to read it in the order in chronological order. Well, we'll get a little bit into the Marvel her 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 modern personality, but that her personality was the most jarring aspect because yes. Because I knew, I mean, obviously I knew it was going to be a different kind of story, but she's very stoic and and quiet and for the most part, very serious in the news stuff. And in yeah. that, she, she she's was like super cocky. Yeah. Like very like different. Power. Yeah. She's got like the shoulder pad suit and she's like, I don't know, like the devil wears Prada kind of, kind of cocky, you know? Yeah. That was the thing. Like completely different character really i like personality wise and that was the thing that kind of surprised me i had assumed maybe she was like the the quiet moody character back then because hey it was the 90s and when i was reading the new stuff i was like okay that kind of makes sense but no i was wrong And, and she's she's i don't know maybe she's just as devious in in the modern books but like it opens up with her in medieval times so because we kind of mentioned medieval spawn and so we we basically get to see her hunting a spawn and that that is again new and doesn't really know what it's doing and uh and how she goes about that very very much subterfuge yeah yeah she basically plays the damsel in distress to lead 
Actually, I don't know why she needed to lead the spawn elsewhere. I, I guess just to, like, get the hell spawn to not suspect her of anything? I don't know. Yeah, I was thinking it was a trust thing. I don't know. Yeah, and she just leads... lower his guard, and then boom. I think that's exactly it. And she leads him elsewhere, and then just attacks him and kills him. And then later, we've got a, a very... Uh, a very green, you know, Al, was it Al Simmons? Not Al Simmons. Yeah. Al Simmons. Yep. Um, a very green new spawn who doesn't like have a grasp on anything. And that's kind of her thing. She tries to hunt them when they're new. Cause that's, you know, when they don't really have grasp of their powers and stuff. And then she just kind of shows up and attacks and she ends up having to run off. Like spawn gets the better of her. Yeah. Just kind of. By accident, too. Like, I don't think he knew what he was doing. He's just like, oh, let's try this. And boom, it works. And oh, hey, you just trounced an angel. And he's like, what? Yeah. yeah. Angels. <laughs> yes. Which seems like what? Like, this is a really far flung idea when you're a hell spawn. Yeah, no like, doubt. You know this. You've faced down the violator at this point. So, you know, you're from hell. Do you think there wasn't a heaven, too? <laughs> yeah. So, uh. And that's pretty much that issue. Very different style character. Yeah. So then I guess we'll move to Angela, Queen of Hell. It's issues one through seven or collected in the trade paperback. Welcome to Thunderworld, as in Underworld, but fun. Which ki- kind of leads you to believe that this is going to be an unusual story. Yeah. It, gets, it has its serious tones, but it also has a lot of campy, like, I don't know. I almost, I almost want to call it Deadpool humor. Oh yeah, I would say I would say so, and I kind of have, I kind of have slight beef. beef <laughs> yeah, I, I have a little bit of beef with that myself. So, so this was written by uh, Marguerite Bennett. I'm probably mispronouncing her name, but she's you know she's she's a very well known writer. Illustrated by um, I, there's a couple artists on a couple different issues, but I think for the most part you've got Stephanie Hans, and I'm again probably mispronouncing everything, and Kim. Jacinto published by <laughs> published by Marvel. All Comics. the names. <laughs> I, if if you can't tell, I I really yeah I don't have all my notes lined up like I usually do, and I always mispronounce names anyway. And these are people like Kim and Stephanie, and I'm still having trouble. Uh, <laughs> um, and I don't know when the individual issues came out, but the paperback was uh, released in July of last year, 2016. So really fresh, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just kind of throws us right in, like. Um, we basically get a intro dialogue from a character I'd never even heard of. And she's like, here I am. And here's Angela, you know, the queen of hell. Oh yeah. I was like, wait a minute. What? So where's Hella? And you know, I mean like we're, we're dealing and we're dealing with Asgardian hell too, the underworld. Uh, so yeah, it's H E single hockey stick. Yeah. As opposed to those people who play with two crazy hockey redundancies <laughs> <laughs> so for me coming to this was a combination of not knowing anything about angela and again we've read a very little thor we actually have read some thor more than uh, some other characters on the show but right um neither of those really got deep into marvel's uh they're they're kind of um they're i guess the just that thor asgard uh side of marvel's mythology and this this one does big time. Like it has the army of dead, and it has yeah. It's got some of uh, Thor's siblings who have just recently shuffled off the 
immortal coil. Yeah. So there was a lot of stuff I was coming to this like without knowledge of. I guess it did. There's a couple times where it would it got a little confusing um, during the first section because I I would say this is definitely like feels like two sections. There's two main plots in this book. Two arcs, yes. I guess. Yes, for sure. This is like the official uh, summary for the book. Okay. Hell hath no, hell hath new fury. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Furies, the Furies. That's a Viking thing. She was stolen from Asgard, exiled from heaven. That's again, that's H-E-V-E-N. And robbed of her greatest companion. Now Angela plunges into the blackest depths to save Sarah. That's Sarah, right? S-E-R-A? Yeah. Sarah. Yeah, like a Sarah angel. Okay. Like a seraphim. But once there, the lost princess will claim a throne of her very own. To, to rescue her beloved, Angela must conquer this domain and rewrite laws as old as death. All hail Angela, the new queen of hell? <laughs> question mark. I didn't realize there was a question mark when I started reading <laughs> that sentence. Um, not if the old queen, Hela, has anything to say about it. When Angela and Sarah come face to face at last, will their reunion be joyous or tempestuous? Tempest. Yeah, that's right. Tem tempestuous? Tempestuous. Thank you. There we go. I was okay. like, that's, is that a word? <laughs> 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 Who else will join this rebellion in the underworld? Good question. And that's their synopsis. And that's accurate, but that's only like 60% of the book, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's where it gets real weird to me is, is how it ends. Yeah. I was like, holy cow. It takes a tonal shift. It takes a huge uh, but, tonal shift. But right off the bat, like one of the things I think we probably need to talk about is like in Spawn, like, like the way that they are basically making this all okay for Marvel mm -hmm. is She's an angel in Spawn, but at some point when they took over the character, they must have said, okay, well, she's an angel, but not really. She's actually Asgardian. She's actually like a sibling of Thor. Like she's a Odin. She's a Spawn of Odin or something. I mean, like she's Asgardian. Yeah. Yeah. No, she is. But there's also like, doesn't she like give up wings, which I never noticed she had. Yeah, point. well, I mean, I don't think she like actually. Yeah, she had wings in the spawn thing, I think, in of some form. And then she doesn't really have wings, but she ha she's able to affect wings. Yeah, somehow. that's that's yeah, that's what it is. Okay, it seemed messy. It seems a little messy in terms mm -hmm. of like uh, backstory, and even the characters kind of play into that. I mean, like I think they cover it well enough, but they they basically. <laughs> it's almost like being the new kid in school and nobody will let you live it down. You know, like, like, yeah, yeah, you're as guardian. Yeah. <laughs> you're not really an angel. Like, like, I don't know. It's like Marvel's like playing it up. They're like, yeah, we know we got this character this way and we're just gonna, we're just gonna like give a crap about it <laughs> in the pages of the story. We're gonna be like, yeah, we know, we know why you're reading this. And she's all ours. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe they're not throwing shade, but it feels a little feels a little bit like, yeah, look who we got. <laughs> I, I find it interesting that she kind of, I, I think she came into the Marvel Universe in some of the Age of Ultron stuff. And, oh. then, and then she started popping up in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. Yeah, I remember seeing that, just peeking at what she's been up to. Yeah. And they kind of reference that even towards the end. Oh, yeah, you're they right. Show, you're they right. show little clips of basically her entire history. 
All right. So yeah, the, I mean, the first chunk of this story is you kind of get her backstory, um, backstory of Sarah and they fight through hell. Like she's challenging is she's basically challenging, um, Hella. Is it Hella? Yeah. Yeah. Hella, uh, the current queen of hell, um, for her throne. And I did like that. Like the trials, although once they were done, you're like, wait, that's it. That's what you do. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, the three trials to challenge the queen of hell were like, you know, it felt a little bit improvisational. It, it felt like that episode of Rick and Morty where it's just like, <laughs> it's very loose. And you're like, uh-huh. you're like, Oh, Oh, that's the thing you just did. Coincidence. <laughs> that's what you have to do. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> Good job, Angela. You just passed, passed another trial. You, you did it. You're, 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 you're whatever you're whatever we call it now. <laughs> yeah, they have a specific <laughs> name for it. Yeah, they have a name for somebody going through the trials, and they apparently get a new costume. Uh, oh. Co- oh yeah, there were costume changes that were not explained. Yeah, yeah, and coinc- and, and you know, luckily for the reader, these trials also fill you in on backstory. Oh boy, do they, boy howdy. <laughs> <laughs> there were a couple points, and they and they throw in really obscure and kind of. Uh, anachronistic uh pop culture references just just in case this wasn't hip enough for you uh non asgardian crowd i'm really torn on some of okay so there's there's the pop culture reference i'd say the things that really stand out stick out like a sore thumb other than the last 40% of this book is yeah the pop culture references and the super meta references and i'm not talking just meta reference i'm talking deadpool breaking the fourth wall talking about the yeah. comic itself to the reader in the pages. Like I'm torn on both of those personally, the pop culture references hit about 50, 50 on me. Like occasionally it was okay. Right. And then sometimes I was like, Oh, like yeah, some of them are real, really funny. You uh-huh. were like, if you're like, okay, that was pretty good. I'll give it to him. And then there's other times it's like, Oh my, oh, just don't. Yeah. Yeah. And then the meta stuff and mind you, I generally enjoy meta stuff almost mm-hmm. never really worked for me. Like I appreciated some of the commentary, like, and that's where my future prediction came from is like the creator being able to tweet right into the pages of their comics. It's like, because there's yeah. a lot of this where it's like name checking the author herself, like it, later on, you know, well, right. Bennett, you know, occasionally gets distracted wants to take a dark turn and blah, blah. blah and it's like, why? Like, why, why? <laughs> Come on. Like, I understand yeah, what you're trying yeah. to do and it's kind of fun, but uh, a lot of the meta stuff didn't work that great for me. Right. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And and it's it's like it made you think about the comic outside of the comic. And I don't know if that's ever a good idea. It was like, oh, wait, I have to act. I have to know, you know, and it's like, OK, I hope I know who's writing the comic. But if I don't know who's writing the comic and I'm just reading it because I like Angela, I'm going to be really confused for a second. And it's going to take me completely out of the story mm-hmm. to stop, think and go, oh, it's the writer. They're being clever. But it it feels like they're trying to be clever. And I think maybe that yeah. doesn't work. And see, I'm torn about this because um, I kind of fell off of it. But a while ago, I was reading some of the old Chris Claremont um, X-Men stuff. And oh, yeah. a, and occasionally they would be super meta to where uh, they would dr- like the art. What was what's what's the artist that did a lot of that early stuff with him? Is it John Byrne? Yeah, Byrne would they draw themselves into the comic as like bystanders in a crowd talking oh. of, 
and they'd be talking a super meta talking about it. And for whatever reason, it worked there for me. And then here, like it doesn't work for me. I don't know. I'm not sure what the difference is. The fact that it interrupts the flow, I think like they're bystanders when, when Claremont and Byrne do it, it's, it's literally stopping what's happening when, when Sarah does it. And, and I think that's a big problem. And that's where, for the most part, especially this hell stuff, I enjoyed. There were a couple times where um, you could tell there was uh, like a comic, uh, a comic book issue would end and then go to the next issue. So there was kind of like a cliffhanger. There were a couple times that I was a little annoyed because I was like, "Well, what does that even mean?" Well, then they like explain it at the beginning of the next issue, so it was okay. But for the most part, I really enjoyed all this hell stuff, except tonally, it doesn't because the backstory between Sarah and Angela is very serious even though yeah. Sarah never is. And this hell stuff is, is, is kind of intense, like tonally. And then you've got Angela herself. Who's the, you know, the, like, she's practically Sheldon Cooper. Like she has almost no emotions. That's kind of her shtick. Yeah. Yeah. And, and very few words, no emotions, very stoic, I guess. And then you on paper, I think it would, well, I mean, this is all on paper, but on paper, pairing somebody like that with Sarah, who's, like half a step away from Deadpool in that like she yeah. just will all break the fourth wall all the time. Um, like her narration is talking directly to you, the reader. And I want to say even her dialogue is off is sometimes talking directly to you, the reader on paper. That sounds okay. But in reality, I don't think it really worked for me. Although, I mean, I liked her personality paired with Angela. I just don't know if I liked, I don't feel the, the meta and some of the referential stuff worked. Some of the references. Yes. I would agree with all of that. It felt like too much of a tonal, tonal um, clash. I don't, and I don't know. Maybe, maybe the last trade it worked really well, but it just it, like this was a very, it was like a revenge love story with comedic stuff thrown in there, and it's not like, it's not like the Princess Bride. It didn't pull it off. Well, and so after the hell stuff and spoil, you know, spoilers. Angela wins. As if, yeah. I, I mean, I figured she would, but then she kind of like, they kind of tell you she's going to win in the very first page. Oh yeah. Like, duh. Oh, she's, what am I talking she's about? A queen, she's the queen of hell. So here's how it happened. Yeah. Duh. So right off the, right off the bat, you have no stakes, you know? Yeah. Maybe that's part of the issue there too. There was no stakes. Cause they, yeah, they did do that, that whole kind of flashback style thing, which annoys the crap out of me. Even when, I mean like, yeah, it's a it's a literary device, and sometimes it's done well, but uh, I don't know. It's not my favorite literary device. I don't like I don't like knowing how it turns out and then jumping backwards. Well, and here since since you've got although I don't think the book does a a good job at establishing the comedic tone right off, which might be par part of why the tone seems unbalanced. But here it feels it's another one of those things where it feels like it's trying to do this cute thing, you know this this yeah kind of hey isn't this cool thing and at this point like it's been done many times and yeah it doesn't always work the angela is the queen of hell let's find out how and yeah um i don't know what that <laughs> like, is. Stir, stir, stir steve Irwin style over like we've put we've put the asgardian assassin in the middle of hell let's see what happens <laughs> I think I would have liked that one better. 
These are ra- these are these are angels with razor sharp teeth. We've we've sent all the hounds of hell and the furies and even even Thor's brother Balder in there to get her. Let's see what happens. How's she gonna deal with this? I don't think my Australian accent was on point. On oh, I don't think so. Time. I don't think it was either. <laughs> but yeah, it went a little it went a little New York in there somewhere. I think I don't know. <laughs> Fat boy and llama. What do you guys think? <laughs> 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 oh boy they, they whoops they don't hold their tongues they'll oh, say they'll whoops. let you know <laughs> yeah yeah. Well, that was the worst ever yeah <laughs> we haven't even gotten into the messy stuff yeah yeah and i think that's where we'll lead now although i do want to mention some of the references here's a good example of me liking and not liking some of the some of the references there's a, a bit with the brothers is that who they were those uh yeah balder and I forget who the other guy was, but Baldur's the beloved. He's the pretty boy of the uh, Asgardian court. Uh, and then the other one is like a, he's like a, the court, um, like the executioner almost. Okay. Okay. Well, they make a couple of references. They make a couple of Game of Thrones references. One of them says something oh, about the Game of Thrones. That's right. And then the first, like, other than the initial reference that kind of kickstarted this three-part reference joke. Um, the first one was, oh, please, no spoilers, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that kind of seems tired like that one. But then there's a reference to something about the Wi-Fi password down in the air, down there in hell or something. Oh, yeah. And that one I, I kind of landed for me. I kind of like, but that's a good example of like liking kind of like being torn on the references where half of it flops, but the other half is okay. I lands for me. And then also later when there's that like weird hellhound, not the cutesy version of the hellhound, but he mentioned something about the furry road like oh yeah life eternal on the furry road and i was like oh yeah it's i like i want to like it because it's a good call shout out but yeah it's also terrible it's grown worthy it was a grown worthy one right right you're like hey this is the thing people like right let's try it they get through the hell stuff and it's a little disappointing that angela like kind of hands the throne off to somebody else to balder right yeah 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 so it's kind of like well like the most uh like the most i don't know i I guess he'd be the least intimidating king of hell ever (laughs) (laughs) you're like no i don't know and i mean she does stuff like she what is it she sets up this other afterlife type place for the angels so that they don't go to hell or oh yeah right but it's like well she was queen of hell for like a couple hours maybe well and let's let's talk about the action is awesome like if they would just stop talking sometimes, I feel like this book would be better. I, I felt some of the action. Um, I mean, it was good. I don't know. It was a little jumbly for me. Okay. But that being said, but that that's what angel, you know, like that's what Angela's good for. I will say though, like the art, uh, it was wonderful to look at. I like the art quite a bit. Oh yeah. 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 Throughout all of it. And there were, there were a couple of issues like by different artists, but it still felt pretty cohesive, um, especially all the hell stuff. I really like the look of, of of everything. And it's one of those where, like, if you look at the covers, the covers are actually kind of indicative of what you get inside the book, which is kind of rare for comic books. True. Yeah, even the action, like I said, there were a couple that it felt a little jumbly to me, but but you're right. And and it's it's the it's like super powerful powerful characters. So you'll get a lot of just like the impact shots, basically, you know. What was it? You sent me a panel and you were like, okay, that's, that's awesome or whatever. Like, oh yeah. 
Well, it was a uh, oh man. Basically, Angela just being Angela, though. I mean, like she was like, "What's my name?" Not really, but like something to that effect. Yeah, it was something about uh, talking about. Oh, it was the old guy, the old like just overly misogynist um, grandfather or something. The maybe was him, maybe was an illusion. Uh, popped up and she's, oh, uh, Boar was a uh, Odin's father when she's battling him. Yeah, yeah, is that right? Yeah, and she says something about to think that he might have come from her family tree. Either way, uh, she'll hang him from it or something. I was just like, holy crap. Like, it was just a particularly hardcore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was good. She had, yeah, she definitely had some good moments for sure. I like her character in this. Even, like you said, though, she's like unemotional for the most part. Yeah. I, I do like her character, and that's part of what's so jarring going back to that her first appearance in Spawn. It's like, whoa. This is not the same character. No, yeah. I mean, it is. You can see, like, character design-wise, mm-hmm. they they make, they take, uh, I don't know, they go to the great lengths to make sure that she has, like, the ribbons mm-hmm. that she has in the in the original. And I think a lot of elements from, like, her original head, uh, like, her helmet are still there. But at the same time, this is kind of, I mean, it's clearly got some redesigns to it. Yeah, actually, that's handled really well because that was one thing. Like, yeah, she looks different. It's different, kind of different art style, and she has like no clothes on in Spawn. But yeah, the head, the headgear she wears, and and the ribbons, you could definitely tell it was the same character. But again, personality wise, it was like, woo, totally different. Mm-hmm. So then we go to New York. <laughs> oh my God! Even before they get out, like they have Loki's uh, Hellhound character thing like i don't know if that's supposed to be a like a fenrir sort of callback because fenrir was like the son of loki and he was like part wolf but this is clearly not fenrir because they call him what what do they call him like they call him loki something is it the one that um the handmaiden what's the handmaiden lady's lady's name she's kind of an interesting character too actually that we haven't really mentioned at all oh what's her name yeah, yeah, and she helps uh she helps Sarah break out in the first place. Yeah. Uh oh, it's Thori, Loki's hellhound yeah. pup. Yeah, Thori, which is unusual. <laughs> oh, and what's the what's the handmaiden's name? But she's like, you know, handmaiden. She's li- what was she literally like? Yeah, she's literally made to be the handmaiden of hell. Yeah. That she's her whole purpose is to serve Hela. And she doesn't like that, so she throws in with Angela and her crew. And she's another rather serious character. Not like not serious in the Angela way, but she's she's kind of reserved and kind of like bummed most of the time, it seems. <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit like Goddess of Thunder in that I got to the end of a certain arc and was like, that was enjoyable. Now I I'm gonna say it right now, there are things in this book that annoy me, but it didn't it didn't hit me as sour as the end of goddess of thunder did which is right 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 which when i look at like what actually happened in both these books is kind of surprising to me but yeah i liked the hell stuff in this quite a bit and then we go to new york and it was it's it's pretty it's It's like it's like they just they just jump it's like a like a jump cut in in the sitcom series friends it's just like, all right, now we're in the now we're in Central Park. Well, that, and that's exactly it. It's just suddenly like you're you're from you you're from this you know hell setting. She overthrew the the Queen of Hell, and then you jump cut literally to 
like a friends episode where they're still dressed like they were just a moment ago, except now they're in New York on pack. They're in central park and then they're unpacking the, in this little apartment and they're, they go literally from hell to Ikea. <laughs> and that's a big joke. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to the oh, literal uh, hell. Leah. Leah is the handmaiden of hell. That's and it. they kind of like, at this point they kind of adopt her as like a, like a teenage daughter or something. And it's like, I, I don't know. I guess this is one point where the art like didn't sell that for me. I didn't feel like Leah was much younger than anyone else. No, she looks like she, the same as all of them. They, yeah. And they treat her, they treat her as way younger, but she doesn't look that much younger than Sarah. It looks like Sarah and her could be sisters. Yeah. And Angela only looks older because she's enormous. She's like, uh, like super tall mm-hmm. compared to everybody else. Yeah, that's one thing that really threw me once they hit, once we got into like some of the stuff in New York, I was like, how, like, why is she, I don't know. It just, yeah. How was your day at school? (laughs) Yeah, it's really strange. It's really strange and kind of jarring. And I was like, well, after we just went through this like uprising in hell, like, why do I care about them trying to find an apartment in New York? Like, it feels like. That should have been a, just a different series. It felt like suddenly we were transported into a different series, and and it was like it was like all downtime, and it was like okay, I'm I'm okay with downtime, but it was like three issues of it or something, like three issues of downtime, and yet there's weird stuff happening at the same time, and Lady Thor shows up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So people get start getting attacked by um a birds carrying sausages choke this guy out a noodle monster <laughs> a noodle monster attacks yeah. another guy at the ramen uh restaurant that they happen to be at yeah yeah so this stuff's happening and then you could definitely tell kind of when they got the ultimatum of i mean they even call it out the series is ending like because the, sh- the series had got canceled but had enough time to pin like how can, more how can we wrap this up <laughs> and yeah yeah the final wrap-up was fine except the sudden ramp up to like Here's the issue. Like you literally have a one to two page info dump where they're like, well, this is pretty much the series is pretty much ending. So blah, 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 blah. And they just tell you like what was going to be happening. And it's like, yeah, now we're doing this. Like, I don't know. It's really strange to read something where they, they, something so meta and then they know they're getting canceled and super rushed. Like that last issue was like, oh my God. Okay. What? Just get to the point. Could, uh, could we just resolve this now i don't know like overall i think it was a fun read and uh, this is definitely not something i probably would have read on my own and i do i do enjoy it and i did have fun reading it but yeah it's certainly not it's probably not seminal angela reading you know like the folks who are looking to read angela probably just uh spend a little extra effort and maybe money to get that capullo run because i'm sure that one was that's probably a little more, uh, I don't know, signature Angela. There are some interesting ideas here and I enjoyed it more than Thor goddess of thunder, even though a lot of that book I really liked up till the end. This, like I said earlier, has a little bit of that where like I was enjoying it and then it like kind of blindsided me and I was not enjoying it as much, but it didn't rub me the wrong way. Like, uh, Thor goddess of thunder did. Yeah, they didn't get up on a pet. They didn't get up on a high horse or a soapbox. There's a tendency, and I understand where it comes from, but there's a tendency to put social commentary relating specifically to Twitter conflicts in these books. <laughs> yeah, Th- oh, there yeah. were comments in 
Thor, goddess of thunder. And you, there are also like, you see it in this as well. And I think like, I understand, especially something like this a little bit more than Thor, where they're trying really hard to have the meta element in there in the future. It's going to feel so dated. Oh, for sure. It's, it's not, those are not the kind of like social commentary and jokes that are made to last this te- the, the test of time, you know, that's getting a little tired. <laughs> that could be uh, current events creeping into our reading experience too, but yeah. And, and, and it is, um, but I don't know. Sometimes it just, I don't know. It's like within any of my complaints with this, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you right. go to New York. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Sometimes you go to Ikea and that is hell. One thing I do want to say, and maybe I shouldn't, mention it at all but i do want to say like i really like how this book handled angela and sarah's relationship yeah that's one that's one thing that the the main thing that bothered me about the thor book we read last a couple episodes ago i was almost a little worried that that would creep into here and it didn't do it at all because you've got a book where the central plot revolves around a love story between these two female characters almost every character in this book is a woman and I didn't feel like it, like, it didn't feel like it had the need to push that fact in your face. It just was. Yeah. They weren't like, hey, it's two women together and that's weird. Yeah. And, it, and so progressive. No, it was, they were just in love, period. End of story. Nobody Good. walked up to them and is like, hey, I get it. <laughs> I get it. And, and it's really hard. It's really hard. I mean, there was even one line, and it was a throwaway line, something about, um, but they didn't see this coming, a gender specific, or what is it? A, gender focused uh uprising in heaven or something like that there was some like throwaway line towards the end but even that was fine like yeah it was it was a female-centered book that didn't feel like it needed to push an agenda at you and maybe and i shouldn't even say this either but it was penned by a woman and the writer of thor who's a respected writer and does good work was penned by a man so maybe he felt he needed to point out that he was doing this i don't know yeah, I appreciated that this book didn't feel the need to do any of that. And it all yeah. all that worked for me. Like, um, aside from some of the like current event uh, references to current events and Twitter Twitter uh issues, um, I didn't feel <laughs> like it fell into that trap of isn't this progressive? It's like, no, it's just this is the story. It yeah. nailed that aspect. Yeah, no, I, I respected that too about the writing and, and how it was handled. And again, even once they got to the New York, the art the art was good. I enjoyed the art all throughout this too. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, I really enjoyed Thori. Like Thori was pretty funny. Oh you know, yeah. As far as comedic foils go, you know, like there was some really good comedic elements in this book. It just sometimes didn't work. Yeah, I agree with yeah, Thori. I enjoyed him too. I think he he was written like it, when this book attempted humor, when it when it was through him, it it landed. Because it wasn't, they, n- they never overused him either. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, you could have really overused him pretty quickly, but they didn't. I, d- I never felt like they overdid it with him. I don't know that I would, I mean, I wouldn't tell people not to read it, but I don't know that I'd recommend it. I, th- I think if you like Thor, I think if you like the Thor books, then you're going to enjoy this because it, it pulls on a lot of those things and, and pulls into um, the Pantheon. So I think if you like the Thor books, you'll like this. I guess that's who I'd recommend it to. And I mean, maybe also, I guess a little bit, if you're a, if you're a Deadpool fan, 
and you want to read something that <laughs> yeah, has yeah. a little bit of that tone, but is something kind of different, this might do it for you because there's a little bit of that. There's definitely uh, a bit of that element to it. It's not a wacky comedy, but Sarah is very much aware that she's in a comic book sometimes. Why don't you do it from the top? It's always me that does it. You go for it. Go for it. Don't okay. There. What are we doing again? Well, uh, maybe I better do it. Yeah. <laughs> I need good support. And right. You have it. You have it. In Thanks, me. buddy. Yes. I know. I know. Man. As long as you write it all down. Yeah, as long what, as you write what it all down. What am I supposed to do? You just let me know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. It's good. Yeah. That way I can, in a panic, tell everyone what to do. <laughs> no, it's your line, Ricky. I don't know what's going on. Okay. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Sometimes. Right. Okay. 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 So I'll do it from the top. Yeah. What yeah, am I saying? EMC. EMC. Electronic Media Collective. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, be sure to tune in every Saturday on EMC for Doctor Who Dark Journey. Doctor Who Dark Journey? What's that all about? Just turn through the notes. A 13-part episode. Is it 13 or 12? It's 13. It's 13. No, it's 12. It's I'm 12. Sorry. Unlucky yeah. for some. Yes. Um, which pits, not Brad, which pits Doctor Who and Sherlock Holmes against and, Jack the Ripper. And Sherlock Holmes? Doctor Who and Sherlock Holmes the in one audio drama adventure? Exactly. Against who? On EMC. Oh my god, i got to tune into this. You it's, should do. Normally it costs a fortune. How much does it cost? Thousands. But if you quote and say that you've heard this, you get it for now. Nothing. Nout? Now, N-O-W-T. It's the north of England. And what do you got to do to find it? Do you go onto the MC Podcast Network? Yes. Website? Yes. New episodes every Saturday until they run out, and then they're new again if you haven't heard them. <laughs> they sure are. Yeah. Is that how time travel works, Dr. Who? That's kind of how time travel works, yeah. People tuning into the first episode never heard it before, so it's new to them. Yeah. But to us, it's old. Yeah. You see? So that's it. EMC. EMC. I love these guys. They're great. They're very nice. Tune in. Every Saturday, how traditional. Every Saturday, Doctor Who. There you go. Welcome. Enjoy. And remember, it's $4,000. There you go. Unless you've heard this. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jesse. (laughs) Yes, Randy. You've (laughs) You've been doing a thing. I do lots of things. I do all the things. And one of the things that I've been doing is uh, a 30-day challenge. 30-day challenge? What kind of 30-day challenge? Why does it well, sound well, like a commercial? <laughs> <laughs> it does. It does. And especially if this is like right after a promo, it's going to be real weird. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it'll be like, is this the, are we back to the show? Is this another promo? Yes and yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, okay. So this uh, 30-day challenge, I, I was tagged. On a Twitter conversation, as most good things start. Uh, yeah. Uh, Twitter, Twitter, you know, Twitter, Twitter seems to be a theme of, of this episode today. I was tagged uh, because there's a 30 day comic challenge that is happening on Twitter and it's put on by the Superior Comic Show. And uh, that's that's a new podcast. Yep. Uh, and I've listened to a couple of episodes and I, I think they're I think they're fun. You guys should, you know, look it up and definitely look up the challenge. If you go to our YouTube page which is uh, youtube.com slash Grolix podcast, if I'm not mistaken, because yep. it's all, all the, you know, all the dot coms, all the Grolix podcasts, <laughs> yeah. all the things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. If you go there, we have a playlist set up for all of the uh, 30 day challenge things. And uh, 
on most of the videos, I've been pretty good about putting the topic list on there. And so every day there's a new topic and I do just a really quick video. Uh, some of them are quicker than others and some of them are, are really straightforward and no effects. And some of them have green screen and puppets. <laughs> yep. They've been, man, they've been very enjoyable. Yeah. I've, I've had a good time doing them. Uh, I really enjoy and And you stepped in for me on, uh, I can't even remember what day it was day 11 or 12 or something. And, uh, that was really fun too. We had animated Randy, uh, you snuck in live on, uh, on one of them. Uh-huh. I, I don't want to, I don't want to give it away. Cause super secret, super, <laughs> you were the, you were the super secret guest on that one. Yo. So it, it's been a, it's been a good time and I've really enjoyed seeing what, uh, what other people come up with. And, uh, you know, like, like it's funny because, uh, Peter and Tracy, they, they're from the superior Comics show and they, you can, you can usually kind of, I don't want to say they're predictable because they're not predictable, but uh, they're anything but predictable. Uh, but they, but you can usually tell that uh, Peter's going to go with something Spider-Man. And I've even stolen his ideas a few times where it was like, uh, oh, what was it? I don't know what it was, uh, what, what the question was, but I stole uh, Spider-Ham. And, I was, and, and even as I was saying it, Spectacular Spider-Ham is a favorite underrated character or something. I was like, I bet you, uh, I bet you Peter's going to take that one. I bet you that's going to be his character. And then it totally was. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I should have just left that one alone because I knew it could have been. So, but it's been fun. Uh, you guys should check it out. And, uh, you know, at this point when you're hearing this, it's not even over yet. So you could even chime in. We'd love to hear yours. And, uh, you know, like even after this thing's over, you guys should send us some uh, some questions. You should send us questions to the show, too. We like answering questions. It's been fun. Yeah, I think I think um, now it might be a different story at the end of 30 days, but it kind of seems like you've been bitten by a book. <laughs> I might I might keep going with this. It all depends on uh, I guess it all depends on if there's still things to say, if there's still things to say. I would enjoy continuing it. Mm-hmm. Could could be a whole series. It'll, we'll have to rebrand it. It can't be the 30-day comic challenge Thir- after. 30-day comic 30 challenge, days. day number 295. <laughs> challenge log, day 372. I've r- arrived on the surface of a planet that's made completely of cheese. <laughs> they, don't, they don't have comic books here, and there's nothing to eat. Well, except except cheese. There's lots of cheese. <laughs> eventually, the questions will get very like. Uh, it'll be obvious that they're stretching for questions. It's like, what's what's your favorite six doctor cat pin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could get oddly specific at a certain point. Like Jesse said, if you guys have questions or input, send it in. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll do a, a video and. If anything, we'll definitely address any uh, input on a future episode. Maybe on a yeah on a on a letters page segment. What, 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 what? We have those. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes we have those. We have the framework for them. Oh yeah, we're ready for those. Well, yeah, we, we don't. For we don't have any letters right now. But if you want to send us a question or input or comment or just a shout out related to the show or something we've talked about in the past or something we're going to talk about because uh, if you're ever curious what pull list book we'll be talking about next, hit up the website. It's on there and it'd be very cool to get input on that beforehand. 
Yes. Uh, you can send an email to letters at grawlixpodcast.com. It's L-E-T-T-E-R, letters, like letters page. Um, you can also send a recording to that email address. Or if you don't want to bother with the microphone or the laptop mic and MP3s and all that, you can call us. Hey, we just met you, and this is crazy, but here's our number. Here's our number. So call us, maybe. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Yeah, that's a ref- that's a dated reference. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um 559-426-6427 or if this helps you remember 559-4-comics. Spell it out. Um that's a US number. So if you're uh international, uh, there might be some of fees associated with calling that. I don't know. Some places still have long distance you went Mario in the on states. That. Like a a little Italian, we're like, you might have a, a fees. <laughs> it's a me, <laughs> unnecessary <a> fees. <laughs> that's all. That's all it takes to be Italian is just to get really high pitched and put ah uh, at the end of things. <laughs> yeah, it's a me, a Mario. <laughs> they still do that. That seems insensitive. <laughs> <laughs> that seems insensitive. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to talk about Irish twins again? What was that? <laughs> Catholic was, twins? Oh, I don't even know what that was. It was Siamese <laughs> twins, Irish twins. Yeah. I don't know where she was going with that. <laughs> but but it, it, it doesn't seem like a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Callbacks. That's all I got for this episode. You got anything else? I, I, I don't. That was, that was the thing right there. The challenge. Check it out. Check out our next episode. Hey, what are we doing on the next episode? We should probably we should probably tell people so they so they're excited and they come back. Oh man, we're gonna continue. It's, it's hell, hell month. We, well, yeah, hell month. What's that mean? <laughs> so we're gonna go from uh, Angela, Queen of Hell, this episode to next episode. We're gonna talk about our friend Satan. <laughs> our friend Satan. He needs to call more. I, don't, I like it. Man, I haven't heard from that guy in in ages. Like, little, what's he doing? Was I heard he had a like time. a really rough, like a rough spell. He's been he really hitting hitting the Cthulhu vodka. Like, <laughs> like he hit the bottle a lot. I, I feel like he's letting himself go. Yeah, I worry about that guy. He seems depressed. Yeah, he does. We we we're we're gonna talk all about it next time. Yeah, <laughs> our friend Satan, which is a book that uh Jesse backed, it was a Kickstarter book. Yeah. Um, some time ago, I'm pretty sure we talked about it on the show whenever that was going on. We we did. We, I think we did a whole Grolix bites on like a bunch of Kickstarter stuff that was timely at the time. And I was like, Hey, go, go, go fund these things. And I think most of them did. Oh yeah. These, funded, so yeah, these guys reached out to us and sent us like a preview and stuff. That's yep. right. That's yep. how we discovered it. Yeah. So I'm excited to dive into it. Yeah. Jesse, Jesse backed it and, and we're, we, we're, we read it and we're going to talk about it. That's what's going on next episode in two weeks from today. Yes. Come on back. Come on back to Hell Week. Come on. Everybody knows your name. Everybody knows your name at Hell Week. (laughs) I don't don't know what that means. This is Jesse. It's alive. It's a Grolix. This is Randy. No more clowning around. I'm not the vindicator or the victimizer or the vaporizer or the vibrator. I'm the Grolix.
Thank you for listening to the Grolux Podcast. The Grolux Podcast is a production of the Electronic Media Collective and Vorpal Arrow Studios. For more Grolux Podcasts, check out GrolixPodcast.com. Also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, YouTube, ElectronicMediaCollective.com, Facebook.com slash Grolux Podcast, Twitter.com slash Grolux Podcast, all the dot com slash all the Grolux Podcast. I have no future prediction or movie quote for the second episode. So back to winging it. Uh, yeah, I'm a little, I've, I, I started writing one down and I didn't finish it. So I don't know what the punchline is. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs a punchline? Uh, no, yeah. Just, just dreadful, dreary, dystopian, present day government. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a high, I might take a really dark, turn on my uh future prediction now that's all right now that we mention it that's all right it's uh, uh the world is taking the america has taken a real dark turn <laughs>